0: This is the WMSC interview of Digester, a.k.a. Sean McGrath, singer and guitarist of Ghoul by Nick Perkel. Now, you're going on a nationwide tour with Guar for about a month and a half. Did you make contact with Guar first, or did they contact you?
1: We got an email from uh, Dave Brockie several months ago, maybe three or four months ago, uh, asking if we'd want to go on this thing with them. And, uh, and it was, it, it was totally out of the blue, like I wasn't expecting it at all. And it, it was kind of weird actually to us because we, we hadn't really done anything in a really long time. But um, it turned out that it was like perfect timing because uh, we had just like finished writing stuff for a new album, like our first thing in five years. And uh, so it ended up being like really, I mean, it would have been fortuitous anyway, but it ended up being like a, a really perfectly timed thing. And actually, I should mention that uh, the way they got in touch with us is there's a film made by a guy named James Balsamo called Hack Job, and he had contacted us about being in it and having some music in it. And he also had Dave Brockie slash Odorous Yerungus in the movie. And when they shot the stuff with Dave Brockie, I think James Balsamo mentioned us and Dave Brockie was like, oh, yeah, uh, do you have their contact info or whatever? And, and uh, I mean, I think they would heard of us before, but... I think it sort of had something to do with, with James and that movie hack job. And so he sort of got us in touch with them or them in touch with us. And yeah, they just, they, they emailed us. And then I talked to um, one of the, I talked to Dave Brockie on the phone once. And it was just ever since then, you know, we've just been planning for the tour. Is this your first time going out to the East Coast? No, Ghoul has played uh, the Maryland Death Fest, I think like four or five times in Baltimore. And uh, we before that, we played, uh, or actually just after the first time we played Maryland Deathfest, we played in Boston and Brooklyn, just two dates. We just flew out to do two shows. And so, yeah, we've been there before.
0: Do you have any special plans for your New York City appearance on October 23rd with Quar?
1: Well, we have a pretty big show with, like, giant robots and monsters and, and special effects and stuff. So it's going to be... Uh, you know, pretty much the same stuff we always do, but it's uh, it's uh, a kind of a production. So we don't have anything in, in particular for New York, but uh, you know, it's always sort of a big a big thing.
0: What kind of stuff goes on at your show besides obviously you guys playing music?
1: Um, we have uh, we have like a sort of loose storyline for the uh, whole band, and we we you know. We sort of act out some of the songs. We have characters that come out on stage um, and, uh, you know, fight each other and stuff like that and fight us. And, uh, you know, that's about it. It's pretty theatrical.
0: If you could appear outside of America to play three one-off shows, where would you go if you could uh, get on a uh, private jet and just fly out
1: to wherever? That's a good question. I don't know. Maybe Japan? Maybe Russia, because we've never been there before. And uh, I'd kind of like to go to like South Africa or Egypt or something like that.
0: Now, how did your band get your new album, Transmission Zero, featured on the Fangoria website?
1: Um, we actually know a guy, um, Sean Smithson, who uh, incidentally was the uh, creator of Vic Rattlehead, the Megadeth mas- mascot, um, who works there. He writes he writes for them. I'm not sure if he writes for the magazine or if he only writes for the website, but um he's been a friend of ours for a really long time and he he uh has sort of gotten into the horror movies uh horror movie like uh um uh, sort of uh literary, I guess literary scene or you know re- horror movie reviewing type stuff or horror horror news type stuff and uh so yeah, we've known him for a really long time. He started working at Fangoria, and it just seemed like a a good fit it's huge for us obviously Fangoria is like a, a giant magazine and uh, a ton of people go to their website all the time and i've been reading that magazine since i was like 14 years old so kind of a personal dream i guess to be in something like that
0: now, how big into horror movies are you and your bandmates in ghoul
1: i think we're all pretty big into them I definitely used to be more into stuff like slasher movies than i am now we've all been huge fans of that genre since we were kids
0: what kind of horror movies are you guys into as
1: of late? Like, new ones? Yeah. I can't even... Like, Oh, man, I don't even know what the last horror, like, new horror movie I saw was. I don't know if Troll Hunter counts as a horror movie, but uh, I really liked that. I know uh, Scott, uh, one of the guys in the band, uh, he just saw a movie called The Dead that he really, really liked, and he was supposed to give me a copy of. But, yeah, I mean, I... I can't, I can't really think of the last horror movies I saw in a theater. It was probably a long time ago.
0: You ever gotten a chance to see any of uh, the Japanese splatter movies, like Tokyo Gore Police and Machine Girl and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, I've seen Tokyo Gore Police. I don't think I've seen Machine Girl.
0: Is that like uh, your cup of tea for horror movies?
1: Um, it's not mine. I know that uh, there are people in the band who really like that kind of stuff. It's not It's not really my, my cup of tea. But I tend to like movies like Dawn of the Dead the original Dawn of the Dead, and he actually a lot of Romero's stuff from the 70s. Actually, recently I've been wa- most of the horror movies I've been watching are stuff like the old Corman, like uh, Edgar Allan Poe movies, stuff from that era, or old Hammer movies and stuff like that.
0: Lucio Fulci or George Romero?
1: I I would pick George Romero.
0: Now, if you could play a villain in a horror movie, what kind of villain would you want to be?
1: I guess probably um, one of the uh, members of ghoul
0: <laughs> now let's get back to music for a bit now your band's debut album we came for the dead was released uh-huh. in 2002 with like numbers like from death to dust co uh-huh. and curious and uh-huh. soon they'll scream what were some good memories from uh those days
1: i don't have a whole lot of memories of of that process at all it was really fast the whole album was recorded or written and recorded in the space of a couple of months maybe and uh, so I sort of don't remember pretty much anything about the writing process I just remember that it got written and we did a demo of it which I don't know what happened to that and then we recorded it and I think the last two songs on the album were the last two songs that were written and they were literally written the day that we recorded them for the album.
0: Then came Maniacs with like thrashes like Maniacs, School Hunter, Mechanized Death and Sewer, sure. That was like your sophomore album. Did you feel like any pressure to change up your sound, or did you feel like just stick to the course?
1: I changed a couple of things just because I didn't really want to be in like a hemorrhage style. I didn't want to do a hemorrhage style like a death grind or gore grind band or whatever. And it wasn't really the kind of stuff I was listening to at the time, or the kind of stuff that I ever really listened to all that much aside from maybe carcass i mean i there was a conscious decision to sort of add a little bit more thrash or crossover stuff but uh yeah i mean i, I guess that's the answer is that yeah there was there was some conscious decision to change it
0: then came 2006 with uh, your album splatter thrash with uh, some songs like mutant mutilator rise Killbot rise bury the hatch and also as your casket closes did you feel like real pressure to uh record that differently or
1: i don't think that i ever felt any um outside pressure and at that point it was like a real band it wasn't just whoever could do it i don't think i ever felt any outside pressure like as far as bands or anything we just sort of were doing what we wanted to do and also we were sort of still finding our style or our sound that wasn't like a wasn't like a total pastiche of other people's riffs or or sounds or whatever i mean it's a di- it is different than the first two albums but it, it i think it's sort of a it was sort of an organic evolution as opposed to like we felt like some kind of outside pressure to change because we certainly never felt that or even if we did we would probably wouldn't respond to it i mean we're just doing this for fun especially at that point it was just really doing it for fun and trying to make something that was a little bit different and fun for us to play.
0: On Splatter Thrash, whenever I hear somebody mention that album, people always go nuts over As Your Casket Closes. Yeah. What songs on Transmission Zero do you think fans will get a similar reaction from?
1: I actually really think that all of the songs, on the, I know it sounds dumb, but all of the songs on the album are really good like i think that they're it's like our best written material and i don't think that there are any songs on it that i think like oh this one's a little bit of a dud or or you know it's filler or anything i don't feel that way at all about any of the songs and they they all seem when we play them live which we've done a few times now they all seem to get a really good reaction i mean that happens with Azure casket closes every time we play it too people really go crazy for that song and it seems like with all the new stuff they do the same thing
0: like especially for i guess um the title track transmission zero tooth and claw and blood feast yeah um would you say those
1: get especially good reactions or we've played we've only played blood feast once actually last night we played it in oakland it got a great reaction and i mean that might be because it's been online for a while and people have been listening to it i don't know a lot of people at the show didn't seem like they had computers but uh (laughs) but uh it, yeah, I mean, they, they both get really good reactions. Well, Last night we played, like, maybe eight songs off the new album or six songs off the new album or something like that, and um, there wasn't one song where people weren't going nuts. Do you ever plan on putting
0: out Roadkill and Gloomy Sunday onto a future album of yours, or do fans just need to track down that 7-inch they're on?
1: Yeah, I think that's probably the only place you're going to find it. I mean, if there was ever some kind of, like... You know, if we if we ever ended up doing a bunch of 7-inches... Um, there might be, you know, a CD compilation of all those 7-inches, which, you know, would include that stuff, sure, but uh, but for now, it, it's only on, I mean, you can get it online, you can download it, I guess, but uh, yeah, if you wanted an official thing, it would probably just be the 7-inch.
0: I noticed most of your albums have been re-released or pressed on a vinyl by Tank Crimes Records. Mm-hmm. What has been the change of going from Razorback Records to Tank Crimes record's been like it's
1: a lot more convenient to work with 10 crimes because they're right in our backyard we're really good friends with scotty the guy who runs the local um he's also a really fun guy to work with and uh sort of gets the band and gets the aesthetic of the band uh, i mean that we had that with billy as well and razorback but um that relationship didn't end up working out but uh i mean it's actually pretty similar as far as how we're working with him Aside from the fact that I think that Scotty is, I think Scotty is sort of on the verge of, well, he's not on the verge of, but he's, I think he's really trying to push the label to be like the biggest label and the best label that it can be in a way that maybe the the Razorback people weren't trying to do at the time. Do you find um, thoughts from your dreams or when you're
0: awake are more profitable for you when it comes to songwriting?
1: Um, It's all when I'm awake. I would say. Do you like to use any historical events for inspiration for your lyrics? There are historical references, and there are also a lot of references to other popular music songs and stuff in a lot of the lyrics. And a lot of references to sort of pseudo-history or pseudoscience stuff in there that, you know, I've read over the years. Just books about crystal skulls and out-of-place artifacts and all that kind of stuff, UFOs and all that kind of stuff, food. so there's a lot, I mean, there's a lot of cultural references in there that maybe, I don't know, I don't know if everyone gets how many there are, but there there are a lot of them. For this tour, is there anything special that you needed to bring with you when you play a show? For the Guar tour? Yeah. Um, well, we just, we're bringing all the stuff we would usually bring to a big show, like a, a show, a show at a club that has a big stage. Where we can do all our stuff, so we have all our giant costumes and stuff like that.
0: Any words for people who will be seeing your band live for the first time on your tour with Guar?
1: Try not to throw vegetables. Or at least, if you do throw vegetables, throw, like, relatively fresh vegetables so we can eat them. Because we're going to be hungry.
0: Now, what is some <laughs> cool merch that you, you guys are going to be selling on your tour with Guar? Oh, as well as, have-
1: like, for your website, too. Uh-huh. Well, we're going to have a bunch of t-shirt designs, I think four or five t-shirt designs. And uh, we're going to have patches and pins and CDs and LPs and uh, just a bunch of stuff like that. Mostly the, stuff, the kind of stuff you'd expect. We're not going to have like any beer, beer cozies or uh, hats or anything like that. What's your um, website to
0: buy your merch?
1: It's creepsylvania.com.
0: Just wondering, if your house burned down to the ground, but you were able to save one album, what would you save and why?
1: One album? Just one. I would save my uh, probably my German drinking songs LP, and uh, because I really enjoy German drinking songs. On the topic of uh, drinking, what is your band's favorite beers to drink? Um, well, I really like pretty much any like chocolate stout or Hefeweizen type like weedy beers. I will not turn down crappy beer. So if there's like if someone has Natural Ice or Milwaukee's Best or something, I will not turn my nose up at it. It's okay by me. Any love for the Night Train Express? I've never had Night Train. But I do like the song.
0: Oh, it's awesome, man. And you can get it for like less than $2 and like with 3 <sighs> of them you'll be loaded for the night.
1: That sounds great.
0: <laughs> What's your favorite thing to do besides music?
1: Um, I like watching movies a lot. Um, I like hiking. This is kind of not, <laughs> I, I probably shouldn't be talking about how like, I like hiking in an interview about this band. But I like drawing, you know, hanging out with friends. I really enjoy hanging out with friends. Thanks a lot, man. This has
0: been the WMSC interview of ghoul singer, guitarist, digester, a.k.a. Sean McGrath by Nick Perkel.